Listen and follow the Left Wing Rugby podcast with me, Will Slattery and Luke Fitzgerald. As far as I can see, I always want to get in the Irish team. And that should be every young player's dream and ambition in this country. And if you're playing in a place where you're not going to get the opportunities in the big games, that they're the ones that get you picked. They are the ones, the Champions Cup games are the ones that get you picked. You need to be playing in a team and starting in a team for those games. It's as simple as that if you want to play in the Irish team. Every week on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This is an Irish independent podcast. Leia Healthcare, looking after you always. Proud sponsors of Real Health with Carl Henry. Hello and welcome to Real Health with me, Carl Henry, in association with Leia Healthcare. Folks, as we come to the end of 2022 and the new year is fast approaching, many people will look to 2023 as an opportunity to wipe the slate clean and leave behind all of those bad habits in favour of new ones. I'm not a huge fan of the phrase, new year, new me, but there is something very powerful about reflecting and embracing who we are and trying to be the very best that we can. This week, I'm very delighted to be joined by performance and health coach Jerry Hussey to bring us his advice on how we can reach our full potential and achieve the goals that we want to achieve. Jerry, a very big welcome back to the show. How are you? I'm great, thankfully. And um, I don't know if I've one or two kids since I saw you last. I think I have two kids since I saw you last. <laughs> We've kind of, the podcast has kind of grown as your family has grown. Yeah, you came absolutely. into us a couple of years back and you'd none, and now you have two. Yeah. So life is busy. Life is busy. I hope your podcast continues to grow, but I hope my family stays the same. <laughs> 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 Two is busy. Two yeah, is busy. It's great though. So, it's, thank God. I always love chatting to you. Uh, and Tabitha, when 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 I, I said we should get you on, she said, well, you know, what's he going to talk about? So trust me, this is just going to be interesting and just interesting. And, you know, people listening in, they will know you. They will have listened to, to you before, I would imagine. And since the last time we were chatting, it's a very different space. We've come out of a pandemic. We're probably struggling as a society to settle back in from a mental health perspective, from a work perspective, from a physical perspective into how kind of life is kind of looking now. And people have probably stopped for the first time since the, the kind of the, the back to normal. And that's what Christmas does. It gives us time to stop, to reflect, to look back, to look forward. It's a fascinating time. And I thought you might be the perfect person to come in and steer people a little bit and say, well, you know, just give people a little bit of maybe reassurance or maybe a sense of, of, of direction in terms of, you know, really minding themselves next year and really set, setting themselves up properly next year. Because it has been very tough for people. It has been tough, Carl, for sure. And um, I'm mindful of people who, you know, have been through many challenges and changes from job, career, change, right down to, you know, relationship breakdown, uh, the loss of a loved one. But also then maybe during the pandemic, um, people just ask those bigger, deeper questions. You know, is this the life I really want? Am I really happy? Is there enough love in my life? What's it all about? And I remember when I spoke to you first, when I came on your show, you know, a lot of people might have thought that guy is is wacko and, you know, there's zero science behind that thing. And thankfully, in the last two or three years, we've had this deepening of the mass awareness on certain things like the mind-body connection, how your thoughts and emotions can change your biology, your chemistry, and can also change through epigenetics, the, the function and structure of your cells and genes. So... We all know now that in, you know, the greatest um, epidemic we face in our modern world is our health crisis. There is no crisis on this earth bigger right now than our health crisis. And despite having all this incredible knowledge and information out there, our hospitals are packed. Um, 
every illness seems to be on the rise. And now I think people are beginning to look at the deeper causes of this. So in a couple of years ago, when I, when I was here with you, and I was saying that stressed, processed food and unresolved emotions are the biggest drivers of physical illness, people might have thought this guy's talking through his hat. But we have so much overwhelming science now from nutritionists, from biologists, from just incredible minds, psychologists, neuroscientists. So I'm still saying the same thing, Carl. I'm still saying that in order for us to take on whatever challenges are out there in life, and there's always challenges, there's always adversity, if we are healthy, if we are well, if our microbiome is, is, is healthy, if our gut brain axis is functioning well, if we have mental clarity and focus, if we live most of our life from a place of calmness and joy, then no matter what challenge we encounter, we somehow have an ability or a better ability to, to rise, to think, to have perspective. But if our inner world is one of f frustration, anger, anxiety, panic, then no matter what challenge we meet, and there'll always be challenges in life. We don't have that ability. So my message has always been the same. Whether you want to awaken greater health or greater performance or greater happiness, it has to start with you and it has to start from within. I think one of the words I want to pick up on there is calmness. Very few calm people in the world, isn't there? There, you'd think that, but anxious people, people tend to hang around people that support their own stories. And people tend to hang around people who surround their own excuses. So the more you dig into where do I go to be calm, what do I do? So whether it's sea swimming. So I remember a few years ago and someone said, go to the 40 foot in Sandy Cove at six in the morning, jump in. I thought they were nuts. Eventually, I went down the first morning. I said, I must be off my head here. There'll be nobody else here. I'm the only lunatic out doing this. I went down and I found the most amazing community of people tribe isn't it and I've read the book about it the book is by Lady and Grace and finding your tribe and it, it, it is about that isn't it finding the tribe of people who live the way you want to live and support the way that you want to live and if that's yeah. drinking in the pub all weekend or sea swimming at six o'clock in the morning it finding the tribe that it, that has the the kind of the almost the criteria of what you want to to yeah. achieve and that's exactly it and I think what we need to know is when it comes to the masses the masses are often being controlled by external situations. So whether it's media, whether it's misinformation, whether it's social media, whether it's... And we kind of think everybody's doing this. But why do we want to be part of the masses? Because we know most people are not happy, most people are not calm, most people are not living their dream life. But that doesn't mean that you can't. So in order to have what other people haven't, in order to feel how other people don't, you have to be willing to do what other people don't. So if you're willing to consume what the masses consume in terms of food, misinformation, time on social media, you're watching the same TV shows, you're feeling the same, then you're thinking and feeling and acting the same as everybody else, and then you're going to have the same as everybody else. So for me, you have to be willing to ask yourself deep down, in this one short life, and the last time I was on with you, I reminded people that your average life expectancy is 900 months, you sleep 300. We roughly get 600 months on this planet. You get to my age, you're looking at probably 280, 270. So you got to get to ask yourself a question. Forget the masses. Forget what everybody else is doing. Forget the norms. What is it that I want to do? Who is it that I want to be? What sets my soul on fire? What is my dream? And if I could give myself permission, if I could give myself the, willing, the willingness to try, if I didn't care what other people thought, if I just backed myself, what would I be willing to do? I think we're at a time in society, we're at a time of conscious awakening where people are now realizing that just because it's common doesn't make it normal. And just because a piece of information or a piece of science or a philosophy 
is in the masses. It doesn't actually make it healthy or true. And one of the other things you said earlier was about, you know, am I loved? I thought that was interesting for people listening in. Uh, you know, after the, the, the week or so of Christmas that's been passed and they are st- sitting there hopefully thinking about stuff and, you know, we've started that process. It's an interesting question, that, isn't it? Why, why is it important for people to be, to feel that way, to, to feel that they are loved? But we know for a fact that you can, every single human emotion, epigenetics, every human emotion changes the, 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 your biology, your chemistry, your cells and your genetics. We used to think one time ago that your brain chemistry or your neurocircuitry, kind of the brain in the skull was the master of all things and that your emotions were consequence of your thoughts. But we're kind of now realizing that your thought, which is an emotion, which is electricity and chemistry, it's very hard to think outside of an emotion. So the emotion is the most powerful thing. There's two ways of looking at this. You can either have two emotions, which is love or fear. If I'm in a fear-based, it means I feel that the world is a threat. I feel that I have to fight to survive. I feel that I might lose my job at any given minute. I live with this constant idea that something might go wrong because everything is, is here to be taken away from me. And when we live in a fear, the first thing we know is your brain recognizes a fear emotion. It switches on your amygdala, which is your stress hormone, or your, 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 it's in the limbic part of your brain, which is your stress center. Your brain produces adrenaline and cortisol. Then your nervous system switches on your sympathetic nervous system. Heart rate goes up, blood pressure goes up. And now you're living in from, from the hormones of stress. You're in survival mode. Now, there's nothing wrong technically with the sympathetic nervous system. We need it. It's at times we need to pull the all-nighter. We need that extra boost. But it is scientifically and medically proven that we cannot live for sustained periods in the sympathetic So on the other side, if we wake up in the morning and we practice meditation or gratitude and we feel loved, we feel connected, the brain sends a totally different signal. So from a chemical point of view, we're not now flooded in cortisol, adrenaline. This thing called oxytocin is released into our brain. And oxytocin is the snuggle hormone. It is a powerful, loved hormone. And instead of activating the sympathetic nervous system, it activates the parasympathetic nervous system. And when we activate the parasympathetic nervous system, our cells start to rebuild, our immune system starts to build, and we enter into the state of coherence between mind, gut, and brain. So we're actually in flow state. And everything seems calmer, everything seems more at ease. So feeling loved and connected changes the chemistry and the biology. It changes your nervous system. And when we change that inner world to one of more calm, more serenity, more clarity, we're now in flow state and we can handle the outside world better. But for every second we're feeling terrified or listening to something that is putting us into a state of fear, we are flooded in cortisol, we're flooded in, in adrenaline, and when we're in the sympathetic nervous system, it has people have to hear this. For every moment you're in the sympathetic nervous system, your immune system is switched off. Your cells are not rebuilding. So the the body has only so much energy. It can't it can't feed every system in the body at the same time. So if you're fight or flight, it is simply giving you all the energy to f- run to flee. So immune system is switched off. Your prefrontal cortex is switched off and you're simply living in a survival mode. And if we live in the hormones and the chemical chemi- chemistry of survival, it eventually starts to deplete our immune system, it starts to deplete our health, and it becomes a physical illness. 
Folks, you're listening to Real Health with me, Carl Henry, in association with Leia Healthcare. We're chatting lots of deep things with Jerry Hussey. So what you're basically saying is that you can't reach your full potential while you're in that fear slash fight or flight mode. Or you may for a very sustained period of time, but not for not for the long term. Yeah, I think the biggest thing, Carl, is 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 balance. So as I said, we have a sympathetic nervous system for a reason. We there is you know moments where you fight. There is moments when you flee. There is moments when you pull all nighters. There are moments where you, with young kids, you get no sleep. And we have an amazing resilient ability to get through those periods. But what I'm saying is, if we don't have balance, if we don't balance that with moments sustained moments of parasympathetic living where we're in a state of where our frequency our energy and our chemistry is balanced and healing then we're going to go one way so imbalance whether it's an imbalance of the brain an imbalance of the nervous system or imbalance of the gut that is what's killing most people and what is causing the imbalance we think it's the outside world that makes us stressed but it's not most of of how we feel is caused by our thoughts our emotions and our reaction to what's happening outside of us so there's a great expression from Viktor Frankl's book, we can't always change, we can't always control what happens to us, but we always get to control our response to it. And that is where we have to take accountability and responsibility for the food we're eating, for the things we think, the words we use, the conversations we get into, the things we listen to. And when we start to perpetuate an inner story of calm and focus, when we focus on the things that we can control, when we focus on where our power is and we take our energy away from the place of pain and we put it into a place of power. So what can I do? What can I control? What does bravery look right now? Now we feel empowered. And the moment you feel empowered, your brain switches on and you have this incredible ability to, to develop resilience. But if we're living in a state of imbalance or what's called a, a sympathetic dominant state, we can't have any of those things. What do you say to people who are listening in who say, you know, you know, I am in fear. The cost of living is through the roof. My electricity bill has gone up to whatever. I am worried about putting bread on the table or I can't, you know, I can't control this. What do you what do you say to them? I, I think it's awareness, Carl. Like me, we're sitting here today. This building could go on fire, but we're not worried about that. We will die. But we're not worried about that at that moment. So there is threat in the world at all times. Some of it is real, some of it is immediate, and some of it is imaginary. Very often what we know is our mind spends so much time, if I was to ask anybody, at any given moment, how, what percentage of your mind and energy is totally focused on this moment? And how much of your time and energy is taken up by the past and the future? we tend to go into the future and create a story of doom that may never exist. If I was to ask people, how many times have you worried about something that never actually happened? Or when it did happen, it wasn't half as bad as you thought it was. So with any situation like this, the worst thing that can happen to us is death. It will happen, but we're not worried about that today because our energy is not being consumed by it. Instead of focusing on the death, we're focusing on, well, we're alive today. I'm here with you, we're drinking water. And we're having a good time. So the future is going to happen. But W-I-N means what's important now. So you pick any area of your life from your physical wellness to your mental wellness, your financial wellness. You ask yourself, what can I control? What one step would make it better? So we spoke a bit off air about, you know, I'm very good at physical and, 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 and emotional wellness. I'm bad at financial wellness. I kind of, I don't really 
take the hood off the bonnet and have a look because I'm afraid I'm afraid to look but when I do I realise God there's lots of stuff I could do to be a bit smarter a bit cleverer so I would say to people instead of kind of hiding and putting your head in the sand waiting for the tsunami to hit you take your head up and, and, and look at what one thing could I do every day to increase my physical health my mental health and my financial health what one thing could I do to increase my relationships and that's where I tend to focus it's like training for an All-Ireland final or training for an Olympic final. You could lose. You could get beaten on your first fight. You could... But do you want to focus on that? Or do you want to say, right, in that first match, in that first 10 minutes, how do I want to be? How do I want to turn up? How do I want to play? And when you begin to condition your mind to focus on what you want, not what you don't want, on what you love, not what you fear, and when you begin to realise that in every moment of life, There is what you can't control and what you can control. And when you become really, and I mean really accountable to what you can control, whether it's financially or psychologically or emotionally or nutritionally, and you start to make better choices, then you have to just trust the universe or God or whatever you believe in. And say, I can leave that to that, but I'm making the best possible choices. And most people, when you really ask them, what do you know about mental health? Are you doing everything you can? What do you know about physical health? Are you really doing everything you can? So for me, it's make an honest commitment to live everything you know. And when you do that, there's nothing more you can do. And it's part of it kind of taking ownership then of not putting your head in the sand and say, okay, well, I'm really good at this, but not really good at that and being honest about it. And it's a great time to do that now, isn't it? Because you have, generally have a little bit of time off work. It is a lovely time to, to, to look at the different aspects of things and to be honest with yourself and say, yeah, well, no, I'm not good at that or I need help with that or I need to work on that. And that can form almost your strategy for 2023. I think it's really important, Carolyn. You know, we're social beings and we, we, we perform better in, in teams. And a team doesn't have to be a team of professionals. Now, sometimes you need a professional, whether it's psychological or financial. Don't put it off. Don't delay we know talking helps. We know that when you get something out of your head, often 99% of the time, it's not as bad as you think. And there's options out there that you probably never considered. But it doesn't have to be a professional. So you might have a friend. So for me, I might have a friend that's very good with money. Okay, well, why don't you sit down? Like even you were saying you've spreadsheet. Well, I might. So we all have friends that are good at things that we're not good. So what if they help us with something and then we help them? So a team is people who have a certain skill set that takes that stress out of their life. And I think when we build a, a community of people, I think it's you surround yourself. Don't surround yourself with people who are good at what you're good at, who believe in what you believe and don't challenge you. Surround yourself with people who have different skill sets, who have different belief systems. Then you bring something new to that group. That group then could also. So it's really important if you want to be better at physical training. You have to hang around people who are good at it. If you want to be better at confidence, you have to hang around confident people. If you want to be better with finances, you have to hang around people who are good with finances. And that's the challenge. Moving into a new year, we always think of a new year as we're doing something different, but we want to think the same, hang around the same people, eat the same thing, and we don't change anything. But what I always say to people is, if you don't change, nothing changes. So don't say a new year. The year's just a year. The year will be as new as you're thinking your actions and your behavior. And if you're thinking actions and behavior and the people you surround yourself with are not new, the year, the, this new year will just be the same year. And change can be tough. 
And as we get older, change can be so we, pretty, we probably like change even less. Some people not so much, but generally, you know, as people get older, change becomes a bigger and scarier thing. Like we, we just moved house and we're, I'm what, 40? No, not too scary. But 10 years down the line, if I was 50 or 55 or 60, it's a bigger it's a bigger thing for people. So it is okay if people listening are scared by the thought of change, but it's a really, it is necessary if you want to make those changes proper. Yeah, and I think, you know, to overcome the emotions. So you have, in order for change to be successful, repeatable, sustainable change, you have to have a new emotion that's more powerful than the emotion you're feeling right now. So think of this, you arrive home at your house or I arrive home at my house, my house is on fire and it's in a real state of fire. So your brain makes this idea. It looks at the heat, the temperature. It says, don't go in there. Okay. Then one of your children shouts from the upstairs, Daddy, 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 I need you. What do you do now, Carl? Go in. Of course okay, so where did the change of behavior come from? Externals, the re- you know, even external reasons ago. Yeah, but what in you was triggered? Your fight or flight. So you moved out of fear back into love. Because you love the person in that house, you can do all things. So think about if I said to you, we have to run a marathon tomorrow. You, we, I might say, well, we haven't been trained. I don't know if we could do. We need six months. And then I say, like, someone's after capturing one of our children. And the only way we'll ever see them alive again is if we run 26 miles tomorrow without stopping. Do you think you'd do it? Would it be any problem? That's now we begin to change. We have to have a why that's really powerful. And for me, the why sometimes is the scientific fact that if we live in a level of stress, if we live in a sympathetic dominant state, or what I ask people is, if you continue to eat the way you eat, walk the way you work, live the way you live, what does that look like in 15 years time? We know now that stress, unexpressed emotions, unpursued dreams, unreleased trauma is actually what's killing us. So when I wake up in the morning, sometimes I don't want to swim. I don't want to exercise. I don't want to meditate. But I, 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 I'm in an emotion of maybe I'm a bit tired. I'm a bit fed up. I'm making excuses. And if I s- sit within that emotion, the rest of my day is going to go like that. So I need a higher emotion. So what I do is my little boy, Eli, is only two and a half. I have a new little lady in the house at 11 weeks. I imagine Eli getting married. And that's probably 30 years away, Carl. Not only do I want to be there, but I want to be healthy and well. All of the science is telling me that 80 to 90% of whether I'm there and healthy comes down to the decisions I make today. And that fires a new emotion. So what I'd be saying to people is, don't just focus on what you want and how to get there. Why is this important? Let me remind you that you are somebody's hero. Whether you're their daughter, their son, their mom, or their dad, somebody looks at you and you are the the goal in their life. You are their hero. And if you're not around, their life is darker. So if you're setting a mission for this year, it may be around making more money, or, but please make it a health goal to be more vibrant, to be more happy, to be more healthy, to be there for the people who need you when it really matters. And that is the responsibility we all have to take. It's not always easy to do it, but when we fire a new emotion, an emotion of love, why do I want this goal? Very often, you know yourself, Carl, we've all set goals. We didn't really know why we're setting them. We just forgot about them. It has to be an inspiring goal. It has to be a goal that fires an emotion that's more powerful than fear, that's more powerful than fatigue, that's more powerful than old excuses. And for me, that emotion is love. 
whether it's running a marathon or running into a house that's on fire, when we are filled with an emotion of love, we can do whatever we want. On that note, we could talk for hours. We always, we always can. That's why I love bringing you in. If people want to find you, where can they find you? Our business is soulspace.ie, so that's our business. And uh, my Instagram is at Jerry Hussey, um, and we have at soulspace underscore the experience. Jerry Hussey, it's been wonderful catching up. I think you've given people exactly what we wanted, which is food for thought and the tools with which to make the changes that they want to. And uh, have a fantastic 2023 yourself. We'll catch up along the way, I'm sure, many, many times. And it's great to see you. Folks, that is it for another episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry, in association with Leia Healthcare. As ever, you know where we are. Real Health at independent.ie, at Carl Henry PT on Instagram. You've got plenty of homework to do between this week and next after all the content that Jerry has given you. And we'll see you next week for more Real Health. Sláin Gafo. Leia Healthcare, looking after you always. Pride sponsors of Real Health with Carl Henry.